I've got this down to a science now. And the guy goes, News Talk 1010, there's a pause, and then Toronto. And I just wait now. And I wait for Nick, Nick Marano, sitting behind the glass to give me the uh, signal, the, the hand signal. I mean, that, don't take it wrong. He's, he gives me the hand signal occasionally for things that I say. So it's a different kind of hand signal. He gives me the hand signal when it's time to speak so that I don't jump all over that uh, nice man who's uh, introducing uh, the show and uh, what we're doing here this morning. It is uh, just past 6.20. Time to welcome in uh, Mark Tui for the morning brief this morning. Mark is a trusted advisor to business and political leaders. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Nick Marano also gave me the finger to speak. <laughs> no, I called it the hand signal. Half a peace sign. You're uh, more Mark, discreet than I am. Mark, I do have something to take up with you here, because uh, I wanted to sort of just investigate what's behind this, but I, I leave uh, in the preparation room where we all do some work to get ready to come on the air, because we do prep work. Let, lest people think we only work three or four hours, we do probably an hour of preparation for every hour on the air. But having said that, I leave some papers there that I may not have got to, say, yesterday, with a little note just saying, please leave these for John on Thursday. On top of my pile of papers this morning was a note saying, don't forget to mention how brilliant and handsome Mark Tui is. And it's, see, I... I well, I thank you very much, John. That's so <laughs> kind of you. I can uh, so, No, but here's the problem. Uh, there was not one of these notes, but two. Then there's another one that's just saying, brilliant and handsome Tui. And I, I consulted a handwriting expert, hard as it was to find one this morning, and I found this is in your handwriting. Oh, I, 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 I can't speak to that. But, uh, <laughs> no, you know, no <laughs> no comment. Okay. Well, you're brilliant and handsome, and if it makes you feel better, that's that's well, good. That, Fill I, your boots, buddy. I I'm uh, I'm humbled and uh, and appreciative. All right. Uh, so on to much more serious matters. I was just talking about how careful we have to be in this city, this diverse city, which you're so familiar with because you worked in the mayor's office, and there's nowhere that gives you a better perspective than that uh, on how diverse the city is, and therefore what a challenge it is for us to, you know, keep things together. And so when you see something like this. Uh, uh, you know, hate-motivated arson, and it's the police that said that, uh, not me, uh, in North York where there was uh, anti-Semitic graffiti, graffiti and, and, and a fire started. Um, it has to be of as much concern as we heard the police spokesperson uh, expressing. Yeah, this is uh, very frightening. Uh, I'm quite worried about what's happening both in Toronto and across Canada. Uh, the number, uh, the the frequency and the increasing volume, I'm not sure what the right word is, intensity maybe, of the uh, public protests that are on our streets on a regular basis, especially here in Toronto, especially targeting uh, communities and neighborhoods where there are lots of uh, Jewish Canadians living. Uh, and then this, this is uh, beyond the pale. It is not a protest, as you pointed out this morning. This is a criminal act that could well have killed somebody. And Canada has a problem. We, as you right pointed out are are the first to open our doors to refugees and and that's good for us and we live our lifeblood in this country is immigration and I'm happy with that but we need to somehow uh, encourage immigrants uh, to leave their fights their battles behind we've had uh, Indian immigrants who've been phenomenal for our communities and our uh, our economy but some of them not many of them some of them have brought their their 
battles from their homelands to Canada and transplanted that violence here. And that's unacceptable. We have to crack down on that. And it's starting to happen uh, now with uh, Palestinian protests and the useful idiots who come out to support them. And uh, it's time to crack down. It's no longer acceptable, I think, to have the type of uh, violent rhetoric hurled around at these protests where they are literally calling for for the genocide of Jews in Israel. That's unacceptable in a free and democratic society. And we've tolerated it because we understand the pain, the suffering that's happening uh, in Gaza. But I think we need to tolerate it no more. Uh, amen. So speaking of criminal behavior, uh, the crime statistics for last year are out uh, on a preliminary basis. And uh, it, 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 I think, reinforces something that, I, you know, again, you've worked in the office of the of the mayor and you're constantly reminding people, while it's not any reason for complacency, that we're one of the safest cities in the world. Yesterday, we were named the safest city in Canada on a per capita basis. But you do see in the crime stats from last year uh, changes in the trends of what's going on. Fewer uh, homicides by gun more stabbings, uh, certainly more carjackings and car thefts. And it, 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 it just is an interesting commentary on something where, fortunately, the overall level of serious criminal behavior is not increasing uh, at a rate anywhere near what it is elsewhere, but it's changing in terms of the nature of the criminal acts that are being committed, including hate crimes, which are up, of course, as we know. Yeah, and I think my concern here is we might, uh, you know, look at the top line numbers, look at the headlines, and in some cases draw the wrong conclusions. Uh, homicides overall about the same in uh, Toronto, but the the method of homicide has changed, as you pointed out. The number of gun killings is down. Uh, the number of shootings overall is down, but the number of uh, knife crimes, stabbings, is uh, is way up to replace them. And if you get into the data, it seems like the reason for that is more more likely to be action on the borders uh, to interdict uh, guns being smuggled into Canada than any of the domestic uh, gun law changes that have happened. So I, I hope we don't take the wrong lesson from that. Uh, but I am afraid that, uh, and I've talked about this on the air before, you know, my younger son is 20 years old and the majority of the people that he knows carry knives. Uh, they carry knives because they feel that they are at risk walking around the streets. And uh, I find it mind-boggling. But if you have something like that in your possession and you get into an argument with somebody, you're then able to produce it. And if you produce it, somebody's likely to get hurt. And so like, that's just a mind-boggling change in psychology. And the car theft one is uh, concerning. It's nice to see that the police are responding to this uh, because it's become a major crime driver for organized crime, major cash cow. And I think for the longest time, my car was stolen in the late 90s. And the police at that time, eh, they didn't even care. They didn't even attend. They just kind of gave me a, a report number on the phone and said, uh, it's an insurance problem. This I is had the same experience. Problem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so they kind of ignored it and let it get out of control. And now they're trying to crack it down. But uh, Mayor Patrick Brown, I think, is right. The critical path here, the choke point uh, for this organized uh, industrial auto theft is the uh, Canadian border. And, and we need to find a better way to stop uh, cars being shipped uh, uh, overseas so easily through our ports of entry. We quite properly spent quite a bit of time on the hate-motivated arson in North York. And uh, so we're only going to have time for one more. But I think it's significant. And you and I both have had the same 
experience because when you see the worst uh, year for home sales in 23 years, 23 years, the worst year for home sales last year in 2023, um, you and I also know, and this is something that will be getting discussed as we speak at the City Hall, that that has a dramatic impact on the land transfer tax revenue. And I don't know if people understand how dependent the city has become on that revenue, which ends up in the sort of billion dollar range, but sure won't be for last year. And that, you know, just will cause further headaches for those who are trying to manage the city's budget. Yeah, absolutely. The city's uh, kind of over a barrel on that. Uh, that plus the fact, and you'll notice that because the commercial real estate sector is taxed at such a higher rate, uh, they're the cash cow from a property tax perspective. And as our, you must have uh, struggled with this, as our office towers downtown started dropping or sort of vacating people, their, their value, which is a function of uh, how much uh, rent they can charge, uh, was dropping. And so so that's the cash cow for property taxes. So the unintended consequences or the maybe unseen consequences of these, you're precisely right. Drop in home sales, drop in value of commercial property, that's a major financial uh, problem for the City of Toronto. Maybe we do have time for just one last one. I don't know. I mean, I can take full credit or blame, as the case may be, for convincing Premier Kathleen Wynne then uh, to allow uh, cities, including Toronto, starting with Toronto, to bring back a photo radar. And I saw it really just as a way of increasing safety on the streets without deploying highly trained, expensive police officers who had better things to do with their time. And now it's being expanded even further to have more cameras and more red light cameras. And it is being done in the name of safety. Do you have a problem with this in terms of the argument that was around in the past that it's just a cash cow and that's the only reason it's being done? Or do you think it really is uh, something that can help enhance safety? I think it was naively intended to ha enhance safety. I don't think there's any evidence that it has done that. Uh, and I point to the fact that these uh, cameras were handed out equally to each ward so that every councillor couldn't complain that they didn't get as many as the next door counselor uh, to prove my point that this was not done on a priority needs basis ever. It was done on a, oh, got to make sure every kid gets the same amount of Christmas uh, presents under the tree. Uh, so it was uh, entirely political, in my opinion, from the get-go. I don't think getting a ticket in the mail 30 days after you sped through a uh, school zone deters crime or prevents you from running over a kid at the court. Uh, I'd rather see police on the streets doing this. They don't need to be fully qualified, fully armed police. Your traffic wardens, I think, would be brilliant if you could figure out how to fix the laws to allow that. Um, I don't really like them, and I think they are a cash cow. And I'm concerned about the changes to the ticket processing. Uh, if it actually makes it easier for someone to contest a ticket, I think that's a great change because we pointedly intended to make it harder for them to do that at one point. And I can't tell reading the article whether we've just made it easier, more fair or less fair for uh, drivers who think they were unfairly All right. ticketed. Well, I'm glad we gave you a chance to put the other side on PhotoRadar because I do support what's going on here. And that's why you're brilliant and handsome, just to confirm what was in this note that this anonymous person left me. I got to go. The clock is uh, my enemy here, but Mark Tui, thanks very much. Thanks, John.